0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba.
1: What's good? Live mixtapes. We just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastards. New
0: DRs on my feet. Could have paid a rip, but I was bidding on these sneaks. I've been tripping, taking flights.
2: Niggas tripping, no. On- So we got some day one DGB family members sitting on the porch with us today. Passion Brian of Live Mixtapes. What's going on bro? Man, Welcome guys. How are you? I'm feeling great man. So how are you guys feeling
1: today man? I'm blessed, thankful man. Blessed and thankful. I can't complain. Nah, for real man. So you know
2: we've been teasing this May 1st thing. We're going to get to all that in a minute. But you know first we got to get the story of Live Mixtapes man. Talk about where the idea came from, who was the original members of it. You know, give us the,
1: the breakdown, the backstory on this. Brian, I'm gonna take this. Okay. So yeah, it um, started in 2006. Uh, Daniel, we're a team of five, first off. So Daniel's the president and founder of Live Mixtapes. He thought of the idea. Um, we have a, uh, one of my partners, DJ Joey Fingers. Mm-hmm. He's DJing. Dan is right now living in California for some reasons I won't talk about, but he's out there. He's obsessed with mixtapes. We're dropping mixtapes in the streets, right? Like feeding the gas stations, doing all that stuff. So Dan goes out to California, wants these mixtapes. He can't get them. So he builds something on the back end and was like, Joey, you can upload them. Let me get your mixtapes this way. And so then Joey started uploading it. And during that time, Joey was actually DJing. He was a DJ on air. He was, at, uh, he was on Rhapsody in the Basement and stuff like that. But he was uh, Ray Cash's DJ from mm-hmm. Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. And so when he was uh, DJing for Ray Cash, Joey was moving around on tour uh, with Ray and then started talking to other DJs, letting them know about the platform on the back end. And then boom, that was a start the initial start in 2006 of live mixtapes. Oh, wow.
2: So it wasn't even like something for the public. It just started out just for...
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just more of like a catalog. Like it first started initially for, you know, to access this music. And then Dan was just like, this can be bigger. He just started cataloging the mixtapes that were out, just uploading them. And then from there it grew, right? But the initial birth of it, I think was, let me get access to Joey's mixtapes in the streets. Okay, so So 2006, mixtapes
2: are a big thing, but not really online at this moment, right? Right, right, absolutely. So kind of just talk about like the vision that you guys had at this time
1: for it. So, well, to be, you know, first and foremost, I wasn't around at this time, but I was Dan's partner in the aspect of Dan and I, we all knew each other, right? So myself, Brian, we all grew up together. We all know what was going on. So I was right next to Dan when he's launching this platform. And to be honest, I didn't know how big it was, cause I'm still in Cleveland, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not moving around with Joey. I don't know the aspect of who's picking up on it or whatever. I'm in Columbus and an artist comes up to me and is like, you know you know live mixtapes? I'm trying to get on live mixtapes. And I'm like, how do you know about live mixtapes? I'm calling Dan up, like letting him know about it, right? So I think that's how, uh, uh, the growth of it began, and for us, um, Dan just you know, got, the, got the platform going, just from, like, from the jump, from you know uh, working on it on the back end. I forgot the question, though. So.
2: <laughs> so you mentioned there's five people, so what's all of you guys' roles?
1: Yeah, okay, perfect. So we're all partners at Live Mix Saves, mm-hmm. um, and we all wear a bunch of hats. Really, you're gonna hear from me the most, probably, um, so, but everybody's got their own roles. Uh, Brian, any artist that's coming out, he knows about them. A&Rs, um, it doesn't matter who it is, Brian's probably gonna be the best A&R out here in the game. And a lot of the artists that are on live mixtapes, their property, or not property, but I guess came from, uh, or was identified from Brian, right? Yeah. Um, Thomas. He's on the back end. Thomas and Daniel, um, they're on the back end. Like I said, Daniel's the founder. And then Joey, so us five. But we all wear a lot of hats, so it's like, it's intertwined, Okay. but we're all just communicating. Yeah, so who
2: were some of the first DJs or the first artists to really support the site then? Wow, wow.
1: You got Scream, um, you know, you got Bigger Rankin, uh, you Canon, Drama. You have all these big DJs, trapaholics, um, a big brand, Hoodrich, mm-hmm. was an important role as far as what we had going on. Um, also, you guys, Dirty Glove Bastards. I think, uh, you know, live mixtapes a, has, has a big movement. And I think a lot of it comes from the community that was built. And it wasn't just us, right? So just us being a platform. But I think you guys having your hand in it, um, in tune with the streets, Hoodrich, Uh, from production to DJs, to artists, to management, they knew what was going on. They brought uh, organization to Mm -hmm. Atlanta um, as far as the music scene goes. Um, So I think, yeah, I think like the DJs definitely make live mixtapes. There is no live mixtapes if there's no DJs.
0: Yeah.
2: So were you guys actively reaching out to the DJs to build this relationship? Yeah.
1: I mean, it was like, it was best of both worlds. Like I said, so when Joey first was, you know, moving around, then he's then he's talking to other DJs, right? Now other DJs are like, hey, I want to get on this platform. Then they're, you know, they're somehow communicating with Daniel and Thomas. You can never see them, though, right? Mm-hmm. So you never picked up the phone and called them. It was straight email. Um, Dan would respond. Dan has thousands of emails coming along. And, then, and that was one of the reasons why Dan brought me in. Okay. Um, was just because you fast forward around 2012, it, just, it became what it was. Um, and he was just like, I need help. You know, I can't do this um, and we got to be seen and I don't want to be seen right like not in the aspect of I don't want to be seen but he's just you know some, he's an introvert he doesn't want to you know be out there um, and Thomas is the same way same thing with Joey and same thing with Brian so yeah, you were always you like the me. spokesman yeah absolutely Like we,
2: we were going to run into Pesh everywhere I'm the Indian Don King man you know what <laughs> I mean I got something to say you're going to hear it Yeah. And you guys were always like ahead of the curve with the technology because I remember like, you know, for a blog spot that we were running, I thought it was really cool that we could embed the live mixtapes player right onto the the Dirty Glove website. That way we didn't have to just link to it and, you know, have basically our visitors go to your site. They can stay on our site, Sight, yep. keep scrolling while they actually stream the site, too, or stream the tape.
1: Yeah, that's all Daniel. So Daniel built the platform. So a lot of people, you know, they're building their business and they have a great idea. Dan is the IT on the back end that built this. Uh, what we have coming out in May 1st, built that. Everything from ground up, it's all Daniel, as far yeah. as the development, the, the vision of it, as far as... Um, the back end. Um, I don't know what that's called, but the, the programming coding. Yeah. I'm Indian, but I'm not IT. So. <laughs>
2: so talk about these countdowns. Do you remember which was the like the first tape that
1: actually had a countdown on the site? Yeah. Uh, it's 2009. It was uh, Techniques. Was it LeBron James. LeBron Flocka James 2, right? Or first the first one? The yeah. First so one. Okay. It was a Waka project. And uh, I had, uh, had the record uh, harden the paint, mm-hmm. and we did the countdown background. that was the first time on the internet that anybody ever did the countdown background for you know a project or a release or any sort of anticipation and uh, we shut down the internet. It was a game changer at that it was time game changer huh? for sure. You can download it. it was right to the phone you had. To this day, you have artists going to the platform and consumers going to the platform, right? Anywhere else, you have the consumer, maybe like Apple and Spotify, um, but from the artist standpoint, it it really did its work. All right, so we had to
2: bring on Rich Rip and Rich Keem, you know, to get part of this conversation, man. <laughs> so guys, just talk about how you guys got introduced to live mixtapes at first.
0: Shit, that's a, that's a funny story, kind of, man. I think, uh, I wanna say the first person to uh, tell me about live mixtapes was J Money. First name, okay. last name? First name, Bye-bye. last name. Okay. J Money, the first one. The show me live mixtapes. I want to say we in the studio, and uh, you know he telling me I I I don't know if they were reaching out to him, uh, on on their own, but I just remember him showing it to me like you know I've been talking to these guys and he's showing me the site and I'm just like you know at the time you know we selling Mm mixtapes, so you know I'm I'm not so much enthusiastic. Where's the money at? Where do we make money off this one? I'm not. So enthusiastic, uh, initially, even about the idea of it, because I'm just trying to understand, you know, how does this financially translate? But uh, that definitely was the start, you know what I mean? He showed, uh, showed me, show Spins, you know. I remember uh, remember us putting out some Space
2: Invaders. Man, I'm Space Invaders. Those are classic Classics, hits tapes right there, man. Yeah. It introduced, like, a whole new sound. You know, a sound that was popping in Atlanta, but the rest of the world wasn't on to yeah, at
0: that time. Man. No real, real... Inf- who needs an alarm in the morning when mcdonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba-da-ba-ba-ba influential uh hell yeah man but that that was the beginning yeah so shout out jay money man first name last name that's the first person to show me live mixtape man okay. and then from there you know we just you know we started and we built the relationship you know yeah start formed a partnership and uh shit. took off from there
2: and what about you, Keem? How'd you get introduced?
3: Was it through R.I.P. or? No, no, no. Uh, what was it? I was really just probably just surfing the internet, just find, finding shit. I was a kid, so okay. I don't know. I just got my hands on it though. I just dropped some every day for like two weeks straight. So it was just a platform, I'm just like. I can do my thing, so I just really took over from that, you know? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't no introduction. Or if it was, it probably was Doughboy. Okay, that's F-E-Z right. Doughboy. Shout out, Joe.
2: Yeah, because yeah, he was from Doughboy. Cleveland, so yeah. he was tapped in with them.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, probably Doughboy, if anything. But, yeah. I was a kid. Okay. Well, you was a on it. Yeah, I was a kid.
2: And as a DJ, how important was that for you, you know, to be able to have access to where
3: you guys can upload your own tapes to the world like that? Like I said, I did a tape every day for like two, three weeks. So it was just, you know, that's, you know, you know what to do when you get something Just take advantage. It was just some a tool that I felt, you know, nobody else has, so I can do it right now. That was just my introduction to it.
2: And Rip, how does this Rich Forever tape with Ross come about? Because at this time Ross is signed, right? He's on a major label. So yeah, why man. does Ross need to drop a mixtape?
0: Well, I mean, why? why? Because we had, uh, you know, with the DJs, like, you know, Scream, King, Spins, and live mixtapes, we had built such a platform that, you know, like, I just, you know, it's, it's one of them things, like, I just remember at the time, like, you can go get World Star big screen and then it was you know just part of your project that okay like you got your marketing budget it's gonna be part of your project it's gonna get world star big screen and go get live mixtapes takeover yep. you know let's get the countdown uh, can we get it for a week you know what I mean <laughs> and this this is before you know these other DS DSPs before they existed so it's like this you know this was the plan you know what I mean somebody come to me they got a project a strong project they want to put out the right way you know, these are the tools in my hands to to actually reach large audiences, you know, live mixtapes, you know, and a couple others. So, I mean, the Ross mix for uh, Rich Forever tape, the reason he had to do one is because that's where the audience was, you know what I mean? Is you know, on the site. Um, With Scream, obviously Scream was uh, made by Music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that was only right, and you know, we, had such a relationship with our mixtapes, that, you know, that's gonna be the platform that we put it out on. It's yeah. gonna be on live. So, and that tape was crazy, Made MTV, you know, did, you know, I guess viral was the term. You know what I yeah. mean? Did, it might did, have been his did. biggest mixtape, yeah, right? Man. Oh, I, serious, I think that's was the best, yeah. best project. Yeah, no, Rich Forever was serious business. You know mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. mean? And the yeah. only place to get
2: it. Was live, live mixtapes, yeah. yeah. That was special. That was special. And what about the Street Lottery tape? <laughs> street Lottery.
0: Future, No, Scooter. Scooter. Scooter, yeah. Scooter. Shit, man, how them come about? It's like, you know, we got such a good relationship with Scooter, you know what I mean? We built, you know, he, he built his whole career in the mixtapes, you know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of mixtapes, you know, had that platform, you know what I mean? You wanna get that countdown, you know, run them numbers up. Sco- future, oh, excuse me. I, 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 I say they names like that, bro, because I worked with them so closely. But, uh, uh, Scooter, all his projects did good online. Oh, you no, know absolutely. So we did a couple. I mean, we named Street Lottery, but we did a couple. I got one that
1: ain't up there. Coming soon. <laughs>
2: now, Pass, you would have some tapes in in that yeah. coming soon section that still we haven't
1: came out. Today. <laughs> it was funny. I wanted to say something with that with you um, on the on the spins. I think it was the Space Invader series. Yeah. Um, you had uh. I had seen you, I think, uh, after Tomorrow World, I came down here for an EDM festival okay. and then after that I linked up with you and you were like, look man, I got this record for you to check out, it's fire. I went downstairs, we were at the Marriott uh, in downtown and I remember he pulled up and he played this record, Stoner, by okay. Thug, okay. and it was done, produced by I think Dundee, Dundee. Um, Hoodrich right at that That's time, right. or still That's is. Right. And, I just was listening, I'm like, this is fire, this is the fucking shit. And I just remember, and then that came out, we dropped it on the, I think we leaked it on the Space Invaders tape, and that's how that's we, right. broke that, uh, we broke that, we broke that single on the platform. Oh that's wow, right. that's right.
2: right. First time it was heard, yeah. That's, that's right. wild. That's right. Uh, Dirty Sprite goes on live mixtapes first, right? <laughs> Talk about, you know, how, shifting the culture, one could say with this tape, man. Right? <laughs> man, like,
0: Good thing about that is because, like, by then, like, Future had already dropped, like, uh, I want to say, one thousand mm-hmm. and uh, No Mercy. Okay, so he already like had things rumbling. You know what I mean? So, like, with Dirty Sprite, you know, by that time, like, man rumbling crazy. Um, I think we probably introduced uh, like X Rated and Esco on that tape, but that was like like real, real heavy. Future just was was gone, and that tape just shifted culture, you know what I mean? If if you know, you know, if you a sipper, you know, you in the slurred words, then uh, you know the prices changed after that, you know what I mean? After the uh, Dirty Sprite came out, the prices rose. Big five, um, yeah, big cultural shift, you know what I mean? Put out on live mixtapes, you know what I'm saying? They supported us the whole way with it. Like I said, he already had two projects with them, so they was already ready, you know, to support it, you know, amplified um yeah, y'all know where that went
2: after that right? yeah. for pluto yeah, straight up <laughs> yeah.
0: literally you know what i mean literally
1: yeah. and
0: past i know future has always gave a lot of love to live mixtapes,
2: states man what does that mean to you it
1: means a lot man that's, that's pro right there um you know i think this is my personal opinion pluto's the goat you know um i think what he's done for the culture i think what he's done for the music industry in general fashion just all all about it and then our platform I mean you know he's he's he stayed true with us uh, when he didn't have to and um, he put out great music uh, for us when when our platform uh, we didn't have to support right mm-hmm. and he came through he always lived up to it him and Daniel always talk two wizards right I call Daniel the wizard and you know Pluto's a wizard too so it was funny how they always connected, but um, it was just—it was just special, and it still is special. Uh, what we got coming out again, May first. Oh yeah. You know, to be continued. Yeah. And Rip, the last tape I want to ask you about is the Trap Guide. Gucci. Boo- Gucci.
3: Hold on, which one that was?
0: Man, we put out, that's that's the yes. thing, bro. We put out a lot of projects with live mixtapes and Gucci, man. <laughs> put out a lot of projects with Scooter and Gucci, I mean, and live mixtapes, a lot of projects with uh, Future.
3: And live mixtapes.
0: Trap guard, I remember. We got the beater and the uh Yeah, the, yeah. the cover of the album. Yeah, it looked it got like the a
3: painting. that I was a better long spot. We did. That
0: was at the Brick Factory or that was at, no, was
3: at the lobby. Gucci was at
0: the lobby. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Gucci was at Gucci was at the lobby. If y'all know, you know what I mean, you gotta be a local to know. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? But Gucci pulled up to the lobby. That was a rare, you know what I mean? Yeah, he pulled up to the lobby and that's when we got the music for Trap Guard. Okay. Literally handed to us uh, at the trap. You
3: know
0: what I mean? At the trap, literally. Literally. Um, But that was just a a, a, you know a a rinse and repeat, man. You know by that time, like it it was the only way, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way somebody and I don't know what is you know fitting their story, but to me, the same way folks want to go, you want to go to iTunes, you know, go see what's new. Like this. This was the way. This was the way. This was the only way. So, like, he wanted when Gucci dropping the project, and he been promoting it for the last, you know, month and a half, or you know, knowing Gucci could have been a day. <laughs> you know that's am saying. Dropping, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two days, whatever the case, you know, that's where it was gonna be promoted at. That was gonna be the launch pad. That was gonna be the go-to place to get it, to listen to it, download it, yeah. to see the video when it dropped. You know what I mean? Like so. I mean, that was just another, another time that, you know what I mean, we made magic together, you know what I'm saying? We sure. mixtape history together.
2: No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we can't talk about the lobby without talking about the lobby runners. True. <laughs> and another culture shift, because this <laughs> introduced a whole nother sound to
3: Atlanta. Yeah. So, Kim, just talk about putting together this lobby runners team. Uh, shit. That really... I really just took, took the hard drive and just went home. took really the hard drive? Yeah, just take the hard drive, go home, and just pick out my own little favorites that I'll be riding to. Normally, everything. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is
1: ludicrous.
3: But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous.
0: Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State
3: Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us.
0: Thanks, Mr. Chris.
3: No matter how ludicrous
2: the situation, like a good neighbor,
3: State Farm is there.
2: State Farm, Bloomington,
3: Illinois. It would be like stuff I'm already tired of listening to. I put it out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was a situation like that. Like These are my favorite ones. But lobby runners, I had more help from Rich the Kid too, though. Okay. And Victorious uh, and bands. They they did a lot on that. Okay. So, Shout out DJ Victoria's yeah. DJ
1: bands. That,
3: that's really, I'm going to give a lot of that credit probably yeah, to them. Rich kid. Rich was one of the major parts in that though. Oh really? Yeah, just alley hooping and putting it together getting everything. It just was a collaborative project. Just Everybody playing their part. Mm-hmm. Just doing stuff though. They didn't have no expectations of investing. You know, they just having fun. Yeah, that's basically how it all went. It's this
2: this shit's classic. Here we are, what, ten years later, still talking to about it.
3: This the other day. For real, yeah, it's yeah. a classic for sure. It's that's funny awesome. you're saying that.
1: Rich the Kid helped put that together, cause, I just, I mean, we know, the, the, the amount of how Rich the Kid would move back in the day, um, to get something. So him getting that record, I. That that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. I didn't know that. I ain't gonna lie. A lot of them tapes caused a lot of promotion back though. Was like,
3: n- like not to the public. So it was like niggas put their life online just to put them them little songs out because everybody yeah. didn't have the same understanding. So yeah. it's like now everybody understand what it's what we doing it for. But then it was just like damn, we leaking my songs. But everybody see the bigger picture because yeah. that's how bills got paid. So. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's kinda, it creates that first buzz for those singles, yeah. though. It did, yeah. it did something for a lot of people. It was fun. It started a lot. Wrong. It was, it was the like method. It was the win. It yeah, was it the started win. something.
2: Yep.
3: And uh, the 21 Savage tape, the uh, mm-hmm. slaughter tape. That tape's so funny. Uh, yeah, I did that before a flight. I did that in like 30 minutes. 30 so <laughs> minutes? I ain't really Classic. even listened to it. I said the wrong thing on the intro. Only I didn't know that until Lil' Harold told me like last year. He was like, you know you said the wrong thing on the intro, but it still came out hard. <laughs>
1: That's
3: hard. But, uh, yeah, that that started some shit. But, yeah, that was just, again, having fun. That's the homie to put it together. 30 minutes, 20 minutes, I got a flight, got to go. <laughs> but it wasn't like no rush, but it was just like, I got to go. So, yeah. it's just like I had to do it but that shit changed some shit. Yeah, I yeah, with that. My good, yeah. big results. I fuck with that. Nah, that I broke 21 yeah, right yeah, there. big results. Cause
2: I know, me and you talked about it during your interview, Keem, it was like, I never heard of 21 Savage at that time. Nah, it was always my homie
3: though. Yeah. But yeah, that was a fan. He wasn't rapping, like, so it's like, when you say rapping, it's like. Yeah, that's how it was, bro. I had known since he was young. You so was like, I know him through rips, so it's like, oh, yeah. I'm seeing you every day It's cool, but I'm not knowing you rapping. So like I don't you know. You know how this go, man. So it really shocked me. Then you had the crazy videos. Everything just made sense right out the gate. So it's just yep. to watch the growth and everything, how it went, that shit fire. Yep. Yeah. It's- yeah, a lot of artists
2: got their start on live mixtapes.
1: Yeah, I'm grateful, bro. man. Lot I'm fly. grateful, man. Mm-hmm. I'm truly grateful. It's a God's blessing. Yeah. It's also interesting to what you're what you guys are talking about, you know, the main ingredients in there was the communication with the DJs, you yeah, know? Um, Keem having the vision, Rip having the vision, whoever it was, but there was always some sort of uh, focus behind it. Slaughter Gang, you know, they had the drive, there's always good um, leadership there. Meezy's running a good shop over there as far as yeah. management and everything. And so I think that's important along with having that DJ presence and you have that over there uh, with those guys. Um, so it's real, you know, it's real good. Yeah. And it's, it's a blessing for us again. Yeah, now that's
0: heavy, like that relationship. I say that, like you don't, we don't communicate with like an apple the same mm. way as you would directly, how we talk, you know how we deal with live, you know what I mean. It's just, it is, it's, it's a different type of relationship,
1: you know what I mean. But that's I, a, I do value that, though. That's kind of like what we pushed, man. Like that's what it was. Was we never talked to the labels. Like the labels, the probably labels hated still don't. You, right? they, they still hate they it. They, they, hated they ain't you talking guys. to us. They ain't talking to us. Nobody has come and you know messed with us. In fact, going back to Pluto the label would tell Pluto not to drop with them, right? But Pluto knows the impact and we got the streets, we still have the streets. These DSPs will never have the streets, they can. They, they have corporate sponsors, you know what I mean? How are you going to go to at and and talk about the hood rapper 21 Savage when nobody knows who 21 Savage is except for Keem? Nobody's going to listen to that story, but that story is repeating itself consistently. And there's other artists out there that don't. <clears throat> they might have a Hoodwitch Keem in their corner, uh, but that, you know, there was that void for the longest time. And again, May 1st, we're back. Yeah.
2: All right, so Pash, LMT Pro, about to launch here on May 1st, man. So first off, for people in the dark, man, break this down, what is LMT Pro?
1: Yeah, so uh, May 1st, and just moving forward. Uh, first off, you're gonna see the rebrand on live mixtapes uh, on the platform. Uh, the app, colors, everything's just going to be a um, a complete uplift uh, under the hood. But LMT Pro is going to be the distribution arm for our platform now. So uh, March of 2021, we pivoted from being a mixtape platform to the first ever streaming and distribution platform. Mm -hmm. So now we can take your content, it'll drop on our platform, and then it'll turn around and also drop on all the DSPs. The cool thing is, Daniel built out the backend, LMT Pro. So now you can log in as an artist, producer, DJ, whatever. If you've got content you're trying to drop, it makes sense for our platform. You can log in, upload your content, pick the release date on live mixtapes, tap in with the DJ, get a DJ to host your project, hmm. uh, and then you can also pick the release date for the DSPs. So the whole, the whole thing I'm saying is you're in control of everything. Okay. Um, some of the highlights, uh, we're gonna pay, pay you out the highest in the industry. So it's gonna drop on our platform, Live Mixtapes, and it'll still go on all the DSPs, Apple, Spotify. You'll get paid out from all them, the same way as they do with their normal payout rates, whatever it is, Apple, one cent, um, however it works out, right? Um, live Mixtapes, we're gonna pay you out the highest. Hmm. Um, it's non-exclusive, so we're working project per project. Uh, highest payouts, real-time stats and analytics, and we're actually going to pay you out every 30 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's big right there. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's real huge. Um, right now, where the game is, is just you have the top 1% right now doing really well as far as streaming goes, right? Mm-hmm. So you have all these independent artists, and I think that's what the backbone of live mixtapes is. Is like, Yeah, we spoke about Pluto and Savage and... You know these successful artists that we were blessed to be able to work with on our platform but it all started on our indie side where they came from our indie side we worked the tape moved the tape over to the main page and then they were quote-unquote main page artists or known artists right so we got a lot of feedback on it like why I'm not main page or whatever (laughs) but you fast forward Spotify Apple these DSPs came out they said don't go to live mixtapes, they won't pay you out on streams. Mm -hmm. But what they didn't say was, we won't help you build a foundation or a campaign. So right now, every artist in the world, and also back in 2006, I believe Nas was making a record, Hip Hop Is Dead. Mm -hmm. Right, you fast forward to 2009, we shut down the internet with Waka. So you fast forward to today where we are, and you have these DSPs saying all that stuff, don't go to live mixtapes, they're not helping you out, they're not paying you, whatever. You fast forward, now rap music is the number one streaming genre in the world. It's also the most saturated genre in the world. Yeah. And every artist, every producer, everybody is using the same means for marketing. So what is that? Your social media, your Instagram, everyone's gonna to try to be like Future, right? So what does Future do? What does Pluto? Pluto deletes everybody off his uh, Whoever he's following, all the posts are gone, and then it's like, oh, shit, it's album time, right? <laughs> so everybody's like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. Or, you know, 50 comments or 5,000 comments and swipe up. I'm going to drop a music. Everybody's got the same hustle. And, and you're seeing it right now in the music game where there isn't really campaigns being built. There are artists and there are, there are teams trying to build this campaign, but it's really hard because when you drop on the DSPs, as everybody is doing so, your shelf life, if you're a major artist, your shelf life is about eight to 10 days max. So Pluto, Savage, any of those guys, when they're dropping, yeah, they're getting the the red carpet and everything else, but it drops on Friday, so tomorrow when it drops, cool, you're gonna hear about it all weekend, but then next week, you got a whole bunch of new music coming Mm -hmm. out. So you, they can't really sit there and highlight the specific project and push the entire
0: Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Project. Now you might go on the, uh, on the DSPs and see uh, 21 Savage and Drake, uh, Rich Flex or something like that. Um, and they'll use, uh, you know, the artwork or whatever. But you're not seeing the full project. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not being worked. So that's the top 1%. So what about these indie kids? These kids that is just me, my 100 followers on Instagram and Twitter, and um, I'm dropping a project. Those kids, if they're lucky and if they can tap into the algorithms of the DSPs, you're gonna get maybe 24 to 72 hours of a look on the, the platforms, mm-hmm. right? Other than that, nobody's searching your music. Those DSPs are an end game. So I don't care what you use to get your music to the platforms of Spotify, Apple, and everything, but it's just a vehicle, right? So if you sign to a major label, it might be a better looking car, mm. right? <laughs> they, might, they, might, they might put you in a nice car, but they're still gonna tell you, out now, go to Spotify, go to Apple, go to YouTube, stream, right? Mm-hmm. You can use one of these smaller distributors, uh, there's you know, massive amount of companies out there, uh, and you can take one of them, and they might not give you as much money, you might not be in a deal, whatever it is, but the still the end game is still the same thing. Make sure you say out now, Spotify, Apple, because mm-hmm. that's how they all make their money. They gotta rely on those platforms. Well, iTunes has been around forever. Right, so um, nothing's changed. So when we were dropping these projects and when we have been dropping these projects, let's say Pluto, when Pluto was dropping, he was saying go to live mixtapes out now because it was better to have a million views on live mixtapes than have 500 views on Spotify, another 500 on Apple, and it's just spread out where we're actually pushing you traffic. So you as an artist, when you use our services, we have built-in traffic. We already have millions of downloads in the App Store uh, in both marketplaces, Android and iOS. So when they're coming to our platform, they're looking for the rap music, the rapper, the comic that's gonna drop a comedy tape, the producer that's gonna drop the beat tape, the DJ Keem that's gonna drop the next lobby runners and it's gonna be artists that he's rocking with. So, the future's very bright, I'm really excited, and um, we changed the game again, man. Yeah. yeah. So May 1st, it's gonna be on all like uh, Android and... Uh... Yeah, so I think the Android's gonna come out a couple weeks later. Okay. Um, again, I don't know too much about the back end of it, like uh, how it works, but Android's gonna come out a couple weeks later, May 1st, uh, iOS uh, on the iPhones. It's gonna be up and running. Uh, you can log in. Uh, like I said, for distribution, mm-hmm. if there's any discrepancies or if you have any issues, challenges, you can always get at us. We're gonna make it happen, and you know, at Posh 22 at Live Mixtapes, let me know. I'm gonna help you out. We did this. We've piloted this for the last year though, so mm-hmm. we actually did this in March of 2021. We did the soft launch of uh, LMT Pro and we distributed about 200 projects. Okay. And out of those 200 projects, about 10 had successful campaigns, did really well, um, people started taking notice. Um, the other 190, they made more money using our platform and our services than using any other distribution company. And again, because we're our own, uh, we're our own platform and we're paying out. And not only are we paying out, we're paying out the highest. Yeah.
2: And like you said, I think one of the big advantages is that they can actually talk to a real human with this shit, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not just uploading. Um, This is is what we do, you know. Like, uh, ever since 2006, I think the goal has just always been to just push the music culture forward. And I think we're doing that. You're going to see podcasts on the app. Um, We're going to be carrying podcasts, like I said, comedy tapes. You know, there's so many comics out there. Comics, if you're out there, get at me. We're trying to drop you know, your stand-up special. We can do it on the mixtape, hosted by Keem, or one of these DJs, Cannon Bannon, whoever it is, right? Steel, it doesn't matter. It, we have the platform. We're gonna be able to push this traffic towards your content and have it make sense. And the best part is, if it's not good, you're gonna see it in the comment section. So,
2: you know. So the comment section's still gonna be there. Oh, the comment section's okay. about to be
1: booming. Because that thing used to be make or break an artist right there. Man. It is I mean how we're how we're doing it now it's actually going to be its own chat so oh, really think okay. of like chat rooms and stuff like that like almost like a discord but on the app for rap music um, for that specific purpose. Yeah so no, that's hard right there. It's gonna be sweet man. So what's some of the goals for the app whether it's short-term or long-term? Goals? Um, we're gonna just continue to grow. So I think as far as the app goes, you know, there's technology. There's so much technology out right now. Um, and we're doing everything ourselves. And, you know, we're a tech company in the aspect of Daniel and his, and his brain and the, the team that he has. Um, we're just gonna consistently be innovating. So right now we're doing, you know, highest payouts and uh, 30 days We're talking to touring partners Um, with you guys. You know, this year, I think in 2023, uh, we want to do the whole uh, about that life again. Okay. so I think we're going to try to incorporate some sort of touring on the back end, you know, with companies. And I think we're going to highlight this tour, this about that life tour and take it city to city and uh, maybe have it stop in uh, South by of 2023, which would be our 10-year anniversary of our first live mixtapes in Dirty Glove Bastards about that life tour. Yeah. Show, should I say, but event. No, that'd be major right there. Buddy. Yeah, it would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, real sweet. All right, Pat, anything else you want to add? Any shout outs before we wrap it up here, man? Just, uh, I want to just, you know, shout out everybody um, as far as just the game, the culture, Hoodrich, um, everybody that, you know, came today, Keem, Rip, appreciate y'all. But just most importantly, just this opportunity. We're just grateful. Um, We're gonna continue to be working. There's a lot of people that wrote us off. Um, We didn't forget, you know, we just worked harder. And uh, in the finish line, we're all gonna be there. So, you know, I think that's the biggest thing right now where the game is. I think if, if, if we just try to work together and push this culture forward, it can win, again, 17 years ago, Nas was saying hip-hop is dead. It's not going anywhere now, you know what I mean? And so, you just gotta figure out how that niche is gonna be broke. And I think that communication, relationships, that's what made us as a, as a platform, and that's what we're gonna pat our, you know, pat our back on us as far as maintaining these relationships and building new ones, mm-hmm. so. All right, cool. Appreciate it, man, thank you. No problem, man. Let's do it. New D-R's on my feet. Should've paid the rent, but I was spending on these sneaks, I've been tripping, taking flights, niggas tripping over freaks, I did lie-